0: Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Hey, everybody, it's David Nagel. Welcome to another episode of the Successful Mind Podcast. Uh, Today, I have an amazing guest. Josh Aria, otherwise known as Batman, uh, is joining us. And Josh, you know, I am absolutely fascinated by what you're doing, not to mention the fact that you've literally turned your car into the Batmobile. But tell us about yourself, what you do and how, how you help so many children. Sure.
1: So I am an entrepreneur. Um, I'm involved with some real estate, uh, venture capital and various businesses. I've done PPE. I was involved with the Chocolate Factory for a little while. Um, But like you said, my true passion is really to give back and volunteer uh, as Batman. Um, And that's really my, my goal in life is just to help others and to continue expanding what I've been doing.
0: How did you get involved in this? I mean, how did you, how did you, not only how did you get in, involved in this, but like what was this transformation and you becoming Batman and interacting with this, with these kids? Walk us through this story because I find it fascinating. Sure. Yes.
1: Yeah, so this was kind of a couple different points that happened. Um, it started off when I was a little child. I was always a car enthusiast. I grew up loving, you know, exotic cars, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Bentleys, all that kind of stuff. Um, I couldn't afford it. But, you know, I would buy the car magazines and stuff like that or look at pictures or take pictures if I saw them on the street. And it was just always something that I was trying to working towards. At that point, my goal was to be Bruce Wayne, not to be Batman. I wanted to be a billionaire and the biggest car collection, the biggest houses and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I was kind of aspiring to be and have. Um, and then as I got older, I made friends with wealthier people. I couldn't afford the cars, but I knew of people that did. And they would let me borrow the cars in the the beginning just to do errands for them. And then eventually I was able to do errands myself, take the car home for a weekend or a week and, you know, kind of enjoy the things that they had. And one day I just had an idea. I said, the same way that I grew up having a passion for this type of stuff, there had to be sick and underprivileged children that had a want or a wish to go in these cars as well. And I said, at that point, I really couldn't afford to donate a lot of money to charity, but I was able to donate my time. And I started calling up all these different charities saying, hey, my name is Josh Arie. Um, I have access to a lot of different exotic cars. I don't own them, but I have access to them. Um, and if ever you have a child or someone that makes a wish to go in this kind of thing, let me know. And I thought it would be really simple. But, you know, a day goes by, a week goes by, a month goes by. I still never got a call back. It was a couple of months that went by since I started trying to do this. Um, and I finally got a call from a friend of mine. I said, "Hey, I know of an eight-year-old girl battling stage four cancer. She lived in Queens, and her dream or wish was to go on a Lamborghini." So I knew of someone in the North Shore that had it, and I called them up and I said, "Look, this is a situation. Can I borrow the car for two days? At a hundred percent, you know, come pick up the car." And this was literally the moment of my life that like changed my entire goal, like what I wanted it to be. And when they bring out this little girl, she's like looking down at the ground. She's all sad. And she looks up, and she's this bright yellow Lamborghini, like, in front of her house. And you see, like, her entire face, like, lights up, the biggest smile you've ever seen. Um, And we take her out of the wheelchair. They put her into the car, put the top down, drive around for, like, 15, 20 minutes. They get back, take tons of pictures, and they put her back in the wheelchair, bring her into the house. And as soon as she gets in the house, mother starts, like, hysterically crying, nonstop bawling. And I've always been involved with helping out, but this was the first time I've really had that one-on-one interaction with the child that was that sick. So I looked at the mom, I'm like, look, if I said something or did something offensive, I didn't mean it. You know, I thought maybe I was insensitive or something. She said, no, she goes, you don't understand. My daughter was diagnosed with cancer at the age of four. She's had over 20 surgeries. She got an infection which caused her to become paralyzed, which is why she was in the wheelchair this is the first time I've seen my daughter smile in four years since she was diagnosed with cancer. And like, for me at that moment, I was like, if I could have such an impact with such a stupid thing, like I'm a car enthusiast, but at the end of the day, it's just a car. And I was like, if I could have such an impact, like I said, I don't know how, but I need to figure out how to be able to continue doing this on a larger scale. And I kind of just, I did that for a while. um, And through social media, Instagram and Facebook and all these apps that came out, it made it easier because I started becoming more known for what I was doing. So to get referrals and to show people what I was doing or people to DM me saying they knew of someone I need. Um, And then in about 2012, I heard of this guy in Baltimore. His name was Lenny Robinson. Um, I never had the privilege to meet him, but I heard about this guy in the news uh, driving a black Lamborghini dressed in a black Batman suit. And um, he was going to a hospital to visit a kid, got pulled over and the video went viral. And I thought it was amazing because until that point, I never really heard of anyone else using exotic cars for that kind of a purpose. Right. I thought it was like amazing that someone else was out there doing the same thing. And that was in 2012. and unfortunately in 2015 um, he was either coming from or going to a hospital at night. Um, his Lamborghini broke down on the highway, Black Lamborghini black Batman costume in a poorly lit area on the highway. and a car did not see him ran him over and he died. Oh. And I never had the privilege to meet him, but you know hearing about what he's done and the impact that he had, I said, you know what I want to continue on his legacy. And that's kind of when I decided to go from just using exotic cars to actually becoming Batman and transforming the car into a Batmobile because I wanted Lenny's Robinson's legacy to continue. Even though I've never met him, never spoke to his family, anything like that. But I said, if, if this guy was really trying to make such an impact in the world, like I want to continue whatever he was trying to do. Sure. Um, and that's when I became Batman. And there was actually the same time period. There's a five-year-old child who made a wish to meet Batman. Um, and that was the first time that I've done it. Um, and since I started doing this, I've visited more than 20,000 children um, since I started volunteering and doing this. Um, it's been an amazing mission. Um, and and I, I honestly call it more of a movement because we have so many people that want to get involved, which is beautiful to see people that want to give back that Either they have the the financial capabilities and they just want to donate their time as well, or they don't have the financial capability. They just want to donate their time, whatever it is. Like we don't ask questions, you know, whether you have an exotic car, you don't have an exotic car, as long as you want to give back and you truly want to be there to help the children and their families. Like all we want to do is help them find the light during their darkest moments. You know, most of the world had a rude awakening when COVID hit. You know, we're still struggling. I mean, anxiety, depression, you know, loneliness, all these things that people have obviously battling COVID and losing loved ones or loved ones in the hospital and all that. I mean, it was just like a glimpse into what these families have been going through on a daily basis. And that's really why I'm so adamant. I mean, we even deal with kids that are bullied domestic violence, autistic. I mean, we're not strictly just with children that are sick or have cancer. We kind of do anything and everything. We even do adults as well. Because if you have a guy that you're 50, 60 battling cancer, if he wants to go in in an exotic car, I mean, why not make that person happy? To me, it's just about spreading hope and inspiration. And that's really the entire purpose of our Instagram account is just to inspire people or to let people know if you need something, you know, reach out and we'll try to be there for
0: you. Tell me what it was like the first time you saw a child's face light up. They see you, you know, in this Batman outfit with the car. What what was that like for you?
1: So that was actually a very interesting experience. Like I said, the first time to surprise that five-year-old child I've never gone in a costume before to visit a sick child. It's always been, you know, just something for fun. And so when I went there, this also was like, it, it opened my eyes because when I went to visit the child, let's, let's call him Chris, you know, I'll call him Chris for this. So I went there, I get out and the kid's waiting there by the window or by his screen door, literally standing there waiting for me. And I pull up at the Batmobile and I get out and he comes running out and he's got his Batman mask on and all that. And, you know, he, uh, I go to him and say, "Hey Chris, what's your name?" He says, "Oh, my name's Chris." I said, "Oh, uh, do you know my name?" And I was going to tell him. I was going to say Josh. And he goes, "Yeah, you're Batman." And like at that moment, I realized that this child truly believed like he was meeting Batman. I wasn't in that mindset. I thought he knew I was just some guy coming to do a kind deed, dressed as Batman to make him happy. And then the child looks at me and he goes, "Where's uh, Robin and the rest of the Justice League?" And <laughs> I did not have an answer because I was not in that mindset at all. And I'm literally like on my knees, basically like kneeling down face to face with the child, like frozen. I don't have an answer at all. And a couple of seconds go by and the child goes, if you're here visiting me, they got to be out saving the world. And I'm like, yes, exactly. And that's kind of like when I realized that, you know, it's more than just visiting in a costume, like this child truly believes that his dream to meet Batman or whatever it is is coming true. Um, so now we have I mean more than 50 volunteers. We have tons of people as princesses, superheroes, anything and everything to try to make them happy and make their wish come true. So how do, the,
0: par- how do the parents react to it?
1: A lot of them it's it's honestly priceless. Um, Because, unfortunately, a lot of them don't get to see their children acting like a child. You know, the childhood is supposed to be innocent. It's when you're making trouble, you're running, you're jumping, you're doing all these different things. And the parents are kind of telling you, like, calm down or don't throw the ball in the house. Don't stop chasing your sister. Stop, you know. But these children don't do that. You know, they don't have the energy to go ahead and do all those things. They're constantly in bed, in a hospital, in the ICU, like they're dealing with things that they shouldn't have to be dealing with. Their childhood is taken away from them.
0: Just tons so, uh, of treatment they're going through. Yeah, constant. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, complications from the treatment, reactions to the chemotherapy, you know, it's it just the list goes on and on. Their fever all of a sudden happens. They got to go check into an ICU. They have a cold. They, it's like the simplest thing, you know, an off week, quote unquote, from uh, therapy ends up being a week in the hospital anyway. So they stay straight through. So for the parent to see the child happy for them, it's really priceless. Like for them to see the child acting like a child, like when they come out and they see the Lamborghini or the Ferrari or the Batmobile or the costume, the princess, like all of a sudden the child becomes a child. And even if it doesn't last, if it's for one minute, an hour, whatever it is, you know, it's that memory that the child and the family has of the child actually being a child for that, you know, and and the memory going forward for them to actually say to the doctor or nurse, Hey, I'm a Batman. I went in a Lamborghini. I went in a Batmobile. Like it's past that. It's more than just the event. It's the memories and hopefully a a lifetime of uh, happiness that you could create for them to get through the dark times.
0: About how much time do you get
1: to spend with each, with each child? So it really depends. I mean, there's some children that you only, you're only there for a short period of time, um, either because they're too weak or they're just, you know, in so much pain, um, because unfortunately a lot of them can only get a certain amount of pain medication. And this is one of the hardest things that I've had to see is when you go into the room in the hospital and they're hooked up to all these machines and you see like a frail child with no hair or minimal hair, and you could tell how much pain they're in. And all of a sudden the child starts crying that that it hurts so badly and they want more medication, but the nurse or doctor is like, look, I've already given them maximum dosage. I can't for another whatever period of time. And it's like you're there with the child, the parent, and that, and there's nothing you could do. And it's like the worst feeling in the world to see that. Um, so there are those moments as well. Um, so, I mean, but there are other times where we're with the kids for hours. So, you know, we kind of figure it out. We go in and each time it's just whatever we're able to do for them is what we do. We don't want to overstay our welcome, but you don't want to stay too short. So we kind of figure out what they want us to do and we just go with it.
0: What's the, what's the mission that you guys are on? What like, it's like, as far as from a goal perspective, what are you trying to accomplish?
1: Ideally, and this is going to be like a long-term plan. I want to have a Batman Let's call it Batman, whatever superhero uh, figure in every city across the country. You know, somebody that's there, whether it's one day a week, you know, a weekend, whatever it could be, and just create more of a movement to give back to people and just to inspire people and be there to help others, regardless of what they could do for you, right? We don't ask for donations. We don't ask for this. It's we're there for you. If you want to donate, make a donation. You know, our website's up. We're not asking you for anything. We're there to help your child. Doesn't matter race, religion, color, skin, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's no question to right. ask. Like we're there and that's it. And that's really what I want to do is inspire people to do the same, right? I get so many DMs from people on Instagram saying, hey, I don't own a Ferrari. I don't own a Lamborghini. I can't do this. I said, You're right. You can't do that. But there's a million other things you could do. You could hold the door open for someone. You could say good morning. You could pay for a cup of coffee for the person online behind you. Sure. There's so much more that you could do. If you see a homeless man buying a meal, right? You don't have to spend tons of money, but there's something that you could do to make a difference.
0: Right. So people would, so people would actually volunteer through your organization, your organization to dress up as, are there any other superheroes that they, that you do? Or is it just Batman?
1: No, we have a lot, pretty much every, I mean, Wonder Woman, Batman, Spider-Man, Robin, Thor, Hulk. I mean, you name it. We goes down the list, even princesses, Elsa, Anna, Sleeping Beauty, I mean, literally, you go down the list, it's whatever they want is what we try to do. It's been mostly superheroes um, and some princesses and then cars. But, you know, if we get a unique request, we could try to accommodate.
0: So, um, and the, the the money that that does get uh, uh, volunteered or, or, or donated, what happens with that? So we've had
1: certain people that donated specifically for certain cause. Like someone actually donated – money to purchase an exotic car. So he specifically wrote a check. Uh, Yeah, it's from a company, it's called ASAP Restoration. It's a restoration company in Long Island. Um, And they actually donated a Rolls-Royce coupe to the organization. So the purpose of the check, they said, we know we're donating the money and we want you to purchase a car to use for the kids. So that specifically was allocated for that purpose. Um, but otherwise the money goes towards like buying toys, buying them gifts, paying for the food that we do for the events, like that kind of stuff at this point, there's been no salaries or any of that. Um, I mean, there's basic filing fees and stuff like that, but that's just every organization, but there's no one on payroll. It's just really trying to be used like purely for the children and propel the mission to be able to help more people.
0: What's the biggest challenge that you're having accomplishing this? For now it's, It hasn't been too hard yet, but I think
1: as we scale the organization and try to build it out, we want to find people that are authentic. You know, we want someone that's truly there to help and want to be there for the children. it's not about the cars. It's not about this. And that's why actually while I've been doing this on the Instagram account, even though I had more than, let's say, 100,000 followers on Instagram alone, For the first decade that I did it, I never showed my face. Like it was always the costume, the car or the child. I wanted it to be more about the mission than the person behind the mask. Um, And then I think it was two years ago was the first time that I actually posted a picture with my face shown um, because I wanted people to understand, like, I'm not some rich kid born into money. You know, I'm a regular guy with a big heart and I just wanted to give back. And that's I wanted people to be able to relate to what I'm trying to do and understand Who I am, you know, I'm not, I'm not anything special and it's really anyone could make a difference. All you have to do is want to try. You know, I always tell people like kindness is free. It's something everyone could afford to give. And that's really all it is. And just starting at some point, right? Start somewhere and see how much of a ripple effect you could create.
0: What is the Instagram account?
1: Uh, Sure. It's Batman Real
0: Account. Batman Real Account.
1: Yeah, like R E A L account.
0: Yep. Okay, and the the is the name of the company Smiles Through Cars. Yeah. So the, so that's what the website would be. then. yeah, so that's right?
1: the website is SmilesThroughCars.com. Um, okay. because we initially began creating smiles with the cars, so I figured it was kind of a fitting name, Smiles Through Cars, and that's uh that was the five hundred one C three that we
0: formed. How many states are you currently in?
1: Uh, So right now we actually just expanded. So we're in uh, Las Vegas, California, Florida, I guess, New York, New Jersey. Um, And at times like we've gone to Connecticut as well. So I guess like six different states so far.
0: Okay. I always find it pretty interesting that when you, when a person does something like this, the amount of people that actually come out and they want, they want to help like this, like this company that comes out and they buy you a car uh, to go do this. So you were saying that anybody can help, but if a person wanted to do this in their individual state or, or in a city, is it, do they have to have a car to be able to do that or do they just have to get a, a a costume or tell me how it works?
1: Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, it's just a costume really, because especially now with COVID and things needing to social distance and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's better just to do it that way. Um, and if someone happens to have a car, that's great. But if not, you know, that's not part of the criteria. Like we don't care what kind of car you drive. I mean, we do we've done when during COVID, let's say in the beginning of the pandemic, from let's say like April till let's say July or August, when we were just doing drive-bys because the pandemic was really hitting and everyone was so scared. So we would really social distance, like we wouldn't even go near the children. We would just drive by the hospital or outpatient center or house. Um, And we did more than 600 drive-bys with just a crew of cars. And some of them were just regular minivans. I mean, old minivans, like ones that are like five, 10 years old, beaten up. But we don't care. Like if you want to give back to the children, like we don't need the luxury car. It's about making the child happy. You know, we were able to do that when I didn't even have a car at times where I couldn't borrow one before I had ones donated or that I was able to get from people. And I would just go as Batman or as myself and bring them donuts and presents and gifts and just try to get them to laugh and smile. Like if you care about the person, you'll figure out how to make it happen. And the way that I try to do it is, you know, envision yourself. Like how would you want to be treated if God forbid this was your family member there? If this was your son your daughter your brother your sister niece nephew like how hard would you be willing to work to try to make them happy during the time that you're visiting and that's really what i try to envision every visit that i go to it's if this child or person was my family member how far would i be willing to go to try to make that achieve the goal of making them happy and that's really what i want the volunteers to do it's not just about being there right it's easy to get people to be there but I want people that truly want to be there and want to help and give back with whatever capacity. I mean, we have sure. single parents on the team that we started off visiting their children in the hospital, and then the parents saw how effective it was for them, and now they're core parts of our organization where they've been a part of it for the last, let's say, four years. I met one child. Her name was uh, Bella or Fifi, uh, nickname in. Uh, up in Manhattan a hospital there she was battling it's called retinoblastoma uh it's cancer a tumor in her eye okay she's blind in one eye and I met the family they dm me through instagram single mom of three kids youngest child's battling cancer at the age two um and mm. we were just there and we really went above and beyond just to be friendly for them be there the way that I would want it done for me and now they're actually a part of the organization like she comes back and thank god the child beat cancer she regains her eyesight wow. and That single mother went from having struggles to actually now she's going to be purchasing her own home, um, being able to provide for the family and having a much more stable family and being like, like I said, like a core part of the organization to be give moral support to other families in need. And they come in costumes and even the children, like her three kids come to the events with her. And, you know, so it's really amazing to see people like that. It's those people that truly inspired me because of sure. all that they've overcome and that how they want to give back. You know, it's it's really an amazing thing. And I'm hoping to continue doing this.
0: So that, I mean, that makes me think it's, it's really amazing. It, it's obvious how this changes somebody when they have this experience, a parent changes, somebody who's witnessing this incredible act of generosity changes. Has that always been who you were even as a, as a kid, have you always been this generous? So I I always wanted
1: to give back. I was kind of brought up with the mentality of treat others how you want to be treated. Okay. You know, like love your friend, like you love yourself, that kind of a mentality, you know, just be a good person, right? There's always going to be someone that's a bad person or treats you negatively. You don't have to hate them, but just don't be best friends with them, Like keep her distance. But to the others, just try to go out of your way and help them. Right. No matter how bad your life seems, there's always someone else that has worse.
0: That is so true. That is so absolutely true. How has this, since you started doing this, how has it changed you? I think like my, my life's goals, like I said, have completely changed.
1: First of all, you know, I wanted to be that billionaire. I wasn't even close to being it, but I said, you know what? It doesn't even matter. Like, honestly, if I had $100 billion, it wouldn't be the same feeling as I have as as seeing these children happy. Right. It's really the best feeling in the world to know and and to be a part of it when the children are going through such tough times and they beat cancer. I mean, like there was one child I met a couple of years ago. Uh, She was about, let's say about seven years old. And unfortunately, like they had to sit with the mother and the daughter planning out her own funeral like with the child, imagine sitting I can't, uh, I can't imagine. I uh, can't uh, imagine. And then, you know, cause they told her she's terminal and all that and preparing them. I mean, we have the list of all of the things that she wanted to be done, who would be speaking and what music she wanted and all the things and where and fast forward to now it's two years later. Or so, and she's completely cancer free. That's
0: fantastic.
1: So, to be a part of that and see that. I mean, there's so many emotions that come through Um, And I think one thing that's really important, I talk openly about this. I actually go to a therapist once or twice a week just to talk about everything because of all the sadness that I see and the death, unfortunately, there are a lot of children that pass away. You know, we see that, I mean, one-year-old children, two-year-old that are battling cancer that don't make it. And to see that, I mean, it's really sad. So I'm a big advocate of mental health. You know, you don't have to talk about it openly. A lot of people are ashamed of it, but I think of it more as like, when you're going to a gym and people work out their, their muscles, they want to lose weight, get in shape. They talk about that openly, but people right. don't talk about going to a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever kind of therapist you want to go to. But I do, you know, I tell people openly, like I've only been going a couple of months. It's new for me about probably like three months or so, but I definitely feel like a weight is being lifted off my chest by being able to talk about all the sadness and things that I see. Cause thank God there are amazing times but there's also those horrible moments with the children horrible. Mm-hmm. like, I got a text probably a couple hours ago, I'd say about four hours ago, 1130 a.m. My time from a hospital saying, look, there's a five-year-old child in the hospital that's unfortunately about to get really, really bad news. The child's probably not going to make it. The cancer is growing and they're about to tell the family and they're like, look, he doesn't have a lot of time left, but is there any way you could come in with some cars to grant his last wish? So it's like on the one hand you're happy you're able to do that for the family and the child but on the other to see a child suffering so much in the family it's it's a horrible thing to see. so it's it, it is tough at times to be there and see that and to be around so much sadness but to know that somehow I'm able to bring them happiness and fulfill that last wish is a big deal and that's why I kind of push through and try to do it anyway.
0: I always felt <clears throat> excuse me I always felt that that people that are doing the work that you're doing, especially with children, that there's an there's an energetic piece of hope that you give them that really could make a difference in their physical healing for some kids. Um, like with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, I'd done a number of uh, years of work with them. And I always thought to myself, you know, maybe they're terminal, maybe everybody's saying it's not going to work, nothing, nothing is going to save this child, but you never know what's going to literally happen with someone when they have that kind of an experience uh, that gives them, I mean, you're bringing such light into a dark situation. It, It has to make a difference at some level, even if it's just making them happy, but I think it can also make a a difference for some on a level of of really contributing to the healing. So I, you know, like really I honor what you're doing. Like congratulations to to what you're doing for all these people. Our company is, is really about teaching people how to think successfully so that they can apply that to their life and, and live their dreams and live their hopes and, and also to be able to give back in the way that you're giving back. Would you leave our listeners with what we call, a, excuse me, a successful mind tip, something that you believe in that you think uh, would help them either in application or in thought or in, the, or in, the, in hope itself?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think like one thing is that, you know, you can't let someone else's opinion define who you are. You know, there's a lot of people that listen to others talk negatively and say bad things about you, but that doesn't have to be your fate. That's just their opinion of who you are. You define who you are. Um, And the other thing is really just to embrace failure because in business, in life, there's going to be hardships. There's always going to be the unexpected element. Or even if you do expect it, you could still fail at it, but you're not a failure until you quit. Right. You look at all the people on the past. I mean, how many times did they try to invent the light bulb until it actually was invented? Right. They're like a thousand times or something like that. You right. figured out a thousand ways how to not create it. You know, and would you call him a failure? I don't think anyone in the world would call him a failure. No. So why do we view ourselves as different? Right. You tried something. It didn't work, but that doesn't mean you're a failure. And I think it's really something that's important to keep in mind because people look at people like Elon Musk and Steve Jobs and all these people as being successful. Or let's say, you know, Jeff Bezos, right? Yeah. How many times, how long did he have to work to get Amazon to where it is? Right? They look at him now where he is is probably the wealthiest <laughs> person in the world that reached $200 billion at one point. Like, that's a lot of money. It is. But what about 20 some odd years ago when he was first building that company out of his garage? You know, and and I think they said he would literally walk to FedEx or UPS to go drop it off. I think there was a savings doing stuff like that. You know, would anyone call him a failure when he was trying to do certain things along the way that didn't work out? And I think it's really important to know. It's like you're not a failure just because something doesn't succeed. And even one step further, sometimes it's a blessing in disguise. Also, you know, there are plenty of times where you think something's actually bad but somehow it ends up being for the best. Like 9-11, you know, I have a friend's father who was supposed to go into the towers on that morning and he missed the train or missed the bus and therefore he didn't make it in time. And he was upset in the beginning, but when he found out about what happened, you know, so would he call that a failure that he missed the train? No, because whatever, what ended up happening, right? But if, let's say that horrific event didn't occur and they missed the meeting, they missed something, they would call themselves a failure but why, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's doesn't define that. It's just something negative yeah. that occurred. You know, if you're, I think of it like this, if you're driving on the road and you're going and you're going and going, all of a sudden you have a, a speed bump. Do you get out of your car and just say, I can't get over this bump? <laughs> or you slowly proceed, however long it takes, to get over the little speed bump and then you continue driving down the smooth road. Right. You know, the road to success is not a straight line. You know, if you look at an EKG, an EKG goes up and down. If it's a straight line, it means you're dead.
0: It's true.
1: So that's really what people have to keep in mind. It's people wish life was a straight line, but at the same time, life would be boring. It would be very boring. It's the up and down, the struggles, the hardships. That's kind of that's what living is. So it's really learning to embrace it, expect it, and then to continue pushing forward to persevere, whether it takes you a day, a week, a month, a year, whatever it is. Right. Just knowing that you can do it and surround yourself with people that are support you and like-minded people. You want to stay away from negativity. So I think those are the tips that I would provide.
0: Well, thank you for that very much. I agree with everything that you said. And, and I just have to say the world so much needs more people like you and what you're doing, bringing hope in the reality of, of light and something different into the lives of individuals and i really congratulate you what you're doing with these kids um there's so much out there right now <clears throat> that takes away hope uh with with covid and the the fighting that people do um and to you know twisted ideologies and and all that kind of stuff to have more people like you stepping out with a positive message and being because it's not always easy to see the bright the bright side of something it takes effort you have to make an effort to actually do that so I want to congratulate you and I want to thank you for for coming on and telling everybody about your story and what you're doing I really hope that we can reach people that will that will see this and be inspired by what you're doing and come over and help you in any way that they possibly can so Josh thank you very much for being on the show
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure and honor. And I hope we're able to help some people in need or inspire others to do whatever random acts of kindness they could do.
0: Absolutely. I agree. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard, and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.